All right, greetings everybody. Welcome to Live Courageously, podcast show number 12 of 2022. And I welcome today's show. I created this podcast to share the stories of some amazing, courageous friends that I've honored to know and have in my life. And I chose the title of Live Courageously because that has been the conscious theme of my life for the last two years since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 and an unconscious theme of my most of my life. You haven't seen the previous 11 podcasts with some amazing friends with their powerful stories of overcoming all odds to live their best life. You can watch them on Live Courageously YouTube channel and on Duff, Duff Square Film at um, Rumble. I recommend you check them out and binge watch them. It's better than Netflix and you'll get a free dose of courage. So since I started this podcast show, I keep meeting and becoming friends with some even more courageous people. And uh, of course, when I meet them, I wanna have them on the show. So stay tuned to meet some of the great people in my life every week. The show itself is about faith over fear. I believe fear is just a reaction, but courage is a choice. And I suggest that you need to consciously choose courage to get through life and to deal with what life may throw at you now and in the future. So I encourage you to adopt the spirit of courage in the face of any and all fears. So let me introduce you to my guest uh, today, uh, a friend and good brother, Ira Davis, is someone who has lived a courageous life and continues to and inspires others to live courageously. Ira Davis has become internationally known as a faith multiplier, a fear destroyer, and an architect of God-sized dreams for purpose-driven pioneers, visionaries, and aspiring world changers. He's a former Marine Corps drill instructor and now a skydiver, a transformational speaker, a pastor, and founder of the Dream Diver Company a transformational nonprofit organization whose mission is to help 300 million people around the world to develop and pursue their greatest calling and their most audacious dreams of their life. Through his speaking, his pastoring, his coaching, his skydiving, his filmmaking, Ira has helped six to eight figure entrepreneurs and executives, NFL and MLB Hall of Famers, All-Stars, Grammy Award award winners, singers, Olympic athletes, pastors, churches, veterans, and multiple organizations to reach unprecedented levels of growth and transformation in their purpose and dreams. Ira is available to speak at conferences, churches, universities, businesses, high schools, podcasts, staff and leadership development, etc. cetera. Uh, Ira, especially his faith in Jesus is his X factor. So today I would like to Welcome to the show, my friend and good brother, Ira Davis. Welcome, brother. John, what's up, brother? How you doing? Good, good, man. You know, I usually start out the show, Ira, with two questions. Um, the first one is I always ask, how did we, uh, you know, what was the first time we met and how did we meet? And this is the first time in my uh, shows that we have not met personally. But, you know, so the question is, how did we meet and how did we connect, even though we haven't done it yet personally? Yeah, great, man. Great question. So, you know, there was this thing uh, back in the day called the pandemic. Uh, and and those of you watching this, you may not remember it. You, you know, you might be too young to remember. But uh, during the pandemic of 2020, uh, man, this awesome audio app came about called Clubhouse. And uh, John and I, we somehow we ended up in not just one room, but multiple rooms together. Uh, and the theme of, of the rooms, the theme of the conversation uh, really connected us. And uh, I believe, John, you heard me speak in one of these rooms, man, you reached out. Um, you know, we had some private Zoom calls, we talked and 
you joined some of the things that we were doing in the Dream Diver community, man. And we've just been connected ever since, brother. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, I, I've been wanting to and I will be doing it somehow soon in the future, but trying to connect in person with you and yeah. also connect you with some of the friends that I have out in the Temecula area who are also some uh, pretty amazing, courageous people. So that's in our future for sure. Um, one of the first questions, the second question I always ask, which I love to have you kind of speak to, is uh, what does live courageously mean to you in your life? Oh, man, live courageously, I mean... If if anything, man, that's that's the that's the DNA that's literally flowing through my 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 veins. You know what I mean? Um, uh, for me, it's one word, two words, rather. It's extreme faith. Um, understanding, man, that we've been called to do something extraordinary, but in order to do that, it's going to require us to go to places, do things that most people have not done, refuse to go do. Um, it's going to require us to go into some places where the blueprint isn't there, where the bridge isn't there, where the steps aren't there. Um, and it's going to require us to go all in uh, and to believe from a space of victory before we even step onto the battlefield, man. And so that's just kind of how I live my life. I've realized that um, as a man of faith, God is calling me into some extreme places, some uncomfortable places, some peculiar and unique places uh, to really do what I was born to do. Uh, And so without living courageously, it literally would be impossible, literally would be impossible. So. So just to dive a little deeper, speaking of diving, uh, which uh, we'll get into, obviously, the other types of diving that you do, but just to uh, dive a little deeper in, tell us your story, man. Where did you start out and what journey did you go on so the audience can understand a little bit of what got you, the IRA you were when you were young to the IRA you are today with your purpose and mission? Take us on that journey. Yeah, I love it, man. Again, thank you so much for having me and to to all your listeners and viewers and watchers and past guests. Man, it's such an honor to be uh, with a legend like John Duffy uh, on, on this show. And so uh, a little bit about me, born in Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know, my, my my father, I remember he, he remember him telling me a story um, about how he made a commitment uh, very early on to uh, be the man that most young African-American boys did not have in their lives as a father. And, you know, there were some things with some drugs and, and, and my parents and my dad was just like, you know what, uh, I, from this day forward, I refuse to leave my children's uh, side um, because I know they're going to need me uh, in this world that, that they're coming up in. And so grew up in Brooklyn, excuse me, born in Brooklyn, New York, raised in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Um, and, you know, kind of I grew up as a middle child, John. Uh, you know, my older brother was uh, the smartest kid I know, the smartest man I know still to this day. Uh, my youngest sister was the baby, you know, seven years younger. And there I was in the middle. Uh, I wasn't great in school. I wasn't great in sport. I wasn't the baby anymore. I was, you know, I just, I was just kind of like there. Um, but I always knew kind of growing up, even though I wasn't great with my hands or great with my intellect, I always had this knowing in my heart that I was going to one day do something great, you know, um, while everybody else was out perfecting their talents and skills that was, you know, right there um, on, on display. Um, I was perfecting the art of, 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 of dreaming, perfecting the art of, of daydreaming and thinking about what would one day happen in my life. And so kind of went through high school, middle school, all that kind of stuff and um, never was really great um, in really anything. I was a decent basketball player, but I wasn't great. Um, uh, wasn't great in, in, in the classroom. Uh, then I found Marine Corps ROTC in high school, John, and really learned, hey man, you got a love for leadership and inspiration. 
And and so kind of took that journey, which led me to uh, one day being introduced to um, the job duty, job title of a Marine Corps drill instructor. I remember uh, being in ROTC one day and they put on this video about Marine Corps boot camp. And um, while everybody else was looking at the, the recruits in the video getting thrashed, listen, I was I was fanboying over the drill instructors uh, in, 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 in the video. And um, and I said, man, that's what I want to be. That's my dream. I want to be a drill instructor. Uh, and so I knew college wasn't for me. Um, right. I, I didn't want to go to college and waste uh, four years of somebody else's money when I knew that wasn't for me. And so at 17, the recruiter came uh, to my high school, I believe, or to my home. And um, I signed. My dad had to sign because I was still 17. And uh, about two months after graduation, man, I was I was in Marine Corps boot camp. And it was like second nature to me. Um, I remember graduating from boot camp and, and my drill instructor came up to my parents and to my ROTC instructors who came down for graduation. And they were like, man, I, we don't know who this kid is. But uh, as a recruit, he had the ability to step up and lead the recruits probably just as good as we could have as drill instructors. And, and so that kind of matriculated through my Marine Corps career. Um, I spent about eight, nine years uh, as a regular Marine um, because it takes about that time to become a drill instructor. Uh, eight, nine years, man, just being kind of ahead of the curve in, in, in discipline and in, in uniforms and marching and drill and leadership. Uh, than my peers because I had been doing it as, as a high school kid, right? Um, and then about eight years in, I got to become that drone instructor, John, and, um, and it, which almost didn't happen. Uh, you know, kind of had some issues with my knee, had to get surgery, fought fought back, went down to Paris Island, became a drone instructor, and it was just like um, osmosis, bro. I could literally look around, see what other experienced drill instructors were doing, and, you know, I had only been down there for a week, two, a month, and I could just immediately just turn around and do it with my recruits. Uh, and so, man, I, I really got uh, a lot of doors open for me um, because it was just so ingrained in me. It just came natural. And um, about a year and a half into that duty, uh, I got in trouble, man. I got relieved of my duties for well, being just a little bit too much of a wild man, uh, being a little bit too much, too, too passionate about training the recruits. Um, and man, literally my heart broke because, you know, you just heard me say that was my first and only dream, you know, a man, a person, a boy who didn't have much to offer to the world. That's, that's all I knew I had to offer the world. And for the first time in my life, I had found it. I was living in it. I was excelling at it. And then in an instant, it was all gone. And, um, just, just to hold you there for a second, then we'll go a little deeper and then take you on a little bit where that moment in your life, where, how did you move forward from there? But you know, two reasons, I think, or many that connected us, obviously, you're from New York, from Brooklyn, I'm from the Bronx, uh, New York. So we so we had that New York thing. Um, yeah. But, you know, I wasn't in the Marines, but uh, many about 10 years ago, or, or maybe a little longer now, I went and did, um, I produced some training videos for the Marine Corps. And I went down to uh, Quantico and Pendleton and down in South Carolina. And that was my first time up close and personal with the military, but specifically with the Marine Corps. And what you're talking about is a drill instructor, watching those drill instructors take these young men from the minute we got to see them when they went on the yellow footprints when they first arrived at uh, Pendleton and then took them on that transformation and transformed them into leaders and gave them, you know, and, and watching that just impressed me and made me realize that, that I was in the presence of some of the best people that I, I had ever met in my life. 
And that took me when I came back from that uh, thing, it became why I'm so big and doing veteran support stuff in, in the film mm -hmm. industry in Hollywood, because it introduced me to these people who served, their family served, they served. And my question was, what can I do as a civilian to serve veterans and be of uh, service as well in my life? So they kind of opened up that door for me. So I credit the Marine Corps and watching in particular the drill instructors. So I know they were just bad, bad, uh, you know, uh, tough, but at the same time, the kind of toughness you need to survive. And I saw all that, you know, when I realized what was going on. So, so just to take that back to where you were, you did all that. That was your dream. You got to that point and then you hit the wall, so to speak, uh, at that point. Take us a little further. Yeah, man, definitely hit the wall. Um, that was the time of my life. Uh, and, and I ended up getting relieved of my duties, man, for something so silly, something so simple. Uh, but not knowing, man, that God had a plan all along, um, and and this was a part of the this was a part of the plan because if it had not happened, I'd still be a Marine. Um, I'd be I'd be 18 years in at this point with two years left to retire. Wow! Um, and I would have never touched, never cracked the surface of where I am and doing what I do now if I had still been a Marine. And so, um, it was a rock bottom moment for me. Um, losing out on the one thing that I thought that I could contribute to the world and be great at. Um, but, I, you know, that took a huge hit to my ego, to my heart, to my pride. Um, you know, as big, as bad as I was as a drone instructor, man, I was still a fragile husband, father, man, human, you know what I mean, on, on the inside. And so anyway, I, I came back to the, to the Fleet Marine Corps because being a drone instructor is a special duty. I came back to the regular Marine Corps and I had about three years left on my contract at that point, something like that, to really rebound my career, right? The war in Iraq was over, supposedly, and, and Congress had told the Marine Corps, um, hey, you have to get rid of some Marines. You got too many people. Uh, we don't have the money to pay all these people, right? So anybody with any negative paperwork, right, you, you got you to gotta cut them loose. And so it was time for me to get promoted and, and to re-enlist in 2014. And I remember, John, um, uh, I came back from the, the, the drill field, the drill instructor duty, and I had won every award you can think of because, you know, you know, I had to rebound my career. So I needed to re, kind of rebuild my, my, my paperwork trail of excellence. Uh, I had never been in trouble prior to that, never been in trouble after that, uh, but I knew it was going to take an act of God to kind of allow me to keep going. And so 2014 came, June, uh, I got a letter from, from headquarters Marine Corps saying, hey, listen, Sergeant Davis, thanks, but no thanks. Um, mm. Mm. We appreciate you. Listen, your your exit date uh, is three months from now. Wow. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you later. Uh, and so, literally, man, I sat there with my did that letter in my hand, realized that I only had three months wow. to to transition out of a not just a job, right? Because when you're in the military, it's it's your lifestyle, right? Um, and all you've known since you were a, a, a boy, a kid. Um, and so, literally, I was sitting there, realizing I had three months to really. Um, Figure out what I was gonna do with the rest of my, rest of my life, mm. which was which was one of the most difficult places uh, for a man, a husband, a father to find themselves in. Um, and so, literally, John had no 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 bank account, no education, had nothing, nothing to fall back on, nothing to lean forward into. And so, depression set in. I'm like, well, I bet I'm gonna stop you for one second, Dan. Yeah. Just go a little, you know, like you said, a lot of times for most regular vets coming out, the transition from the military to civilian life is a tough thing. It's a very, you know, depending on, of course, how much time you spent in the military, it can be a lot tougher, right? 
because that is your whole life. But, you know, for you, what you're, you know, suggesting is here, you, you weren't planning on transitioning out. You had not made that decision on your own. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. It was made for you and not uh, by you. And you were put into the situation. So of course you were, uh, your world came to a crash, man. And like you said, you hit depression and, and you mentioned it earlier. And that's just something I just, you know, want to tell people, you mentioned how strong and, and, and you were as a drill instructor, but you were human as a father, as a, hu a husband, all those things, you're a human being. And now you get hit with this thing where things like depression kicks in. So to take us a little further, Ira. Yeah, man. And, and you know, so that was taboo, you know, for, for me, um, is to really be at rock bottom like like that. And I knew I knew there was something unhealthy about it. Uh, and I knew that if I didn't figure out how to get through it, that ultimately it would it would be the demise of my life and my family's life if I stayed in the valley, in the pit that I was in. Um, and so literally, man, uh, I did some taboo. Uh, I went to go see a therapist on, on base. Mm. I, say it's I say it's taboo, John, because uh, it's sure. threefold. It's threefold, man. First of all, veterans don't typically go see therapists, right? Um, number two, uh, men don't typically go see therapists. Number three, black men don't typically go see therapists. And so, but I, I knew I knew there was something um, that was beyond my control that I could piece back together on, on my own, right? So I went to go see a therapist and I sat on this couch and John, I remember saying, you know, just like I'm talking to you, uh, sitting in a chair, crying my eyes out. And I'm like, doc, I'm a grown man with a wife and two kids. Um, mm. I don't know what I was born to do, um, but at least in the Marine Corps, there was a glimmer of hope. Um, but I've been hiding. I've been hiding for the last 10 years uh, under the demise of being a high performer, get promotions, awards, and accolades. Uh, but in my heart of heart, I wasn't really fulfilled even as a Marine. I knew there was more, mm. but I, I, I kept re-enlisting because I didn't know what I was born to do. And this was, I knew there was a piece of it here. And right. now I feel like my camouflage is being pulled. Um, and, I, and, and I was like, doc, I can't just leave the Marine Corps and be another number in somebody else's organization. Um, I don't know what I was born to do. I have mouths to feed, but I know there's more for me than just leaving here and getting another job. Can you help me? And John, we talked and came back session after session. And I remember he said to me after one critical session, he says, listen, Sergeant Davis, in my personal professional opinion, I believe that you will put on this earth to inspire people down to their bones, to go after their dreams. He's like, I don't know what that means for you. There's writing a book or speaking but I encourage you to go on that journey. He's like, when you talk about your time as a drill instructor and helping these young men become the best in the world and achieve what most people can't achieve, you light up like a light bulb. But when you talk about everything else in your life, you turn into like this hermit crab. Hmm. Uh, he says, I, I encourage you to go on this journey to figure out what that is for you. And John, I remember um, leaving his office that day, going out, sitting in my car, it was hot. Um, in California in the middle of the summer, June, something like that, June. And I remember crying and praying and saying, God, for the first time in my life, the epiphany light bulbs are starting to go off as to who I am and what I was created to do. And I remember, man, you know, and this is not to offend anybody who's listening or watching, but I can only give you my truth, man. God began to speak to me in that moment and just say, hey, listen, Ira, you, 
you've been looking for this tangible expression of your greatness your whole life, but it's the intangibles that I want to reveal to you right now in this moment to show you really what I've created you to do. And man, God just began to rattle off to me in my spirit, in my heart. Hey, listen, you're a transformational leader. You're a visionary. You're a pioneer. You're a phenomenal creative and communicator. I want to give you this platform to inspire people to go after their dreams um, and, and show them what they were called and created to do. And, and John, I'll tell you, man, that was a pivotal moment in my life that really shifted um, my perception of who I was, what I was called to do, and where I was headed with the rest of my life. Well, just, you know, li listening to you, I mean, obviously, you know, courage comes in many forms, and obviously it comes in the obvious form, and, you know, being a Marine, there's that kind of courage, and there's that kind of, and being a man is that kind of courage that we exhibit if we choose to do that. But, you know, what you just talked about in that moment, when you hit uh, depression and you hit that, um, you took an act of courage to go for a therapist, to go to find a way to deal with that and not believe that you could do it just all on your own. That was another form of courage. And sometimes people don't realize that courage comes in all sizes and all shapes. And it's the different types of courage we need at different points in your life. So you took that courageous step to do that. And then you got in the middle of that courageous step that you took, you got some information uh, from the therapist that then took you and then and that's somebody unique. And we'll talk about your prayer uh, life and your, your faith life, because that's obviously a big part of who you are and, and what you're here for, what your mission is. Um, so I want to get that for sure. But you went on that and you mentioned when you were younger that you were always about, you know, uh, dreams. And that's what you had more than anything else. So just hearing you, obviously, now you were getting this clarity from that moment in that car. You got the clarity that that's what you're uh, where you were headed and what you needed to do. So keep going, man. Take take us further. I think, you know, where we're, everybody who's listening to this is going to learn an incredible story, man, about what you can accomplish with faith, with courage, with all this stuff. And you're a perfect example. So take us further, man. Ira. Man, I love it. Uh, let me just go back to something you said about uh, courage coming in different forms. And, and the truth is, and if you listen, I want you to take note of this in your head and in your heart, is that you can have ultimate courage in one area of your life and have shaky courage and shaky faith somewhere else. Uh, courage is not one size fits all in all situations. Um, right. And so um, I could be courageous on the battlefield. I could be courageous at my place of work. But when it comes to my family, my home, my future, like my, my courage could be at different levels. And so I want, I want to be clear to everybody um, is, is it's not one size fits all across the board. Courage is something you have to fight for in right. every aspect of your life. Um, I, listen, let's just be silly. Right. I know some people who are uh, definitely afraid of heights, uh, but aren't afraid of snakes. Right. And right. I know some people who are afraid of snakes. Uh, and uh, right. And so and so courage comes in different forms in different situations. And just because you have 100 percent courage here does not mean you have 100 percent courage in this area in your life. And exactly. so um, let, let's just be uh, completely transparent and say it's OK for your courage to be a work in progress in other places, in other ways in your life. Right. So so, you know, there I am. You know, I get this great epiphany uh, while I'm sitting in the car. Um, and I say, okay, God, I'm super excited. Where do we go from here? Um, and I just remember going back to work not too long after, and my local leaders, um, my battalion commander, battalion sergeant major, um, are we are we still live? John, I don't see you. I just want to make sure we're still good. Um, 
You're good. You're good. Okay. Awesome, man. Um, that my, I, I remember going back to 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 work a few weeks later, and my battalion co- commander, battalion sergeant major, was like, "Hey, listen, Sergeant Davis, you're the best Marine we've ever had the privilege of leading in our 30 years plus service. You're the best non-commissioned officer. Um, the Marine Corps is looking at your paperwork, but they don't know the man. Uh, would you do us a favor and put together this course where you teach young Marine leaders, corporals, on how to be great leaders in this uh, first level of leadership?" Uh, in, in, in their Marine Corps careers. And so, John, on one hand, I'm getting, you know, like, thanks, but no thanks. On the other hand, right, they, they're giving me a Heisman Trophy, right? <laughs> um, and so there I am in the middle. And so, you know, of course, naturally, I, I say yes to my leaders. I say yes, even though I'm transitioning and it's hard for me. Um, my duty is always to leave um, the Corps better than I found it. And so um, I'm up at 2 a.m. in the morning, John, in my my office and I'm trying to find some inspirational videos to kind of put in a PowerPoint presentation to inspire these young Marines in this PowerPoint that I, that I have to give them for this course that I'm leading. And I go to YouTube, John, and I type in motivational videos. I have no idea why I'm typing this in. I have no idea why I'm looking this stuff up. Never heard of it in my life. <laughs> um, and some of the greatest speakers on the planet come up. Eric Thomas comes up first. Uh-huh. Les, Les Brown comes up next uh, and then John Maxwell comes up third and I watch all of these videos and I'm just blown away like what did I just stumble into mm. um, but the very next video that came on was this skydiving video and I'm like YouTube why would you recommend this skydiving video after some of the greatest speakers on the planet like this doesn't even make sense but I said okay YouTube I'll play your game whatever you want to do algorithm it's 2am it's pitch black um, I'm in desperate need of a video for this PowerPoint. I, I'll watch, whatever. Um, so, John, I start watching this video. And I start getting short of breath like I'm in the air with these guys. Huh. And and I know when I'm having a divine moment, right? And so I pull back from my desk and I say, okay, God, what are you showing me? And God begins to say to me, he says, listen, you see skydiving, but I want you to call it dream diving. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what in the world does that even mean? Yeah, um, right. he's, like, he's like, listen, I have too many people um, trying to pursue the calling of their life. Uh, and, and, but you can't hit a target you don't have and a target you can't see. He said, I need you to tell my people, I need them to go to 13,000 feet, get their feet off the ground and dive head first into the dream, into the calling uh, that I've created for them and that I've positioned them uh, to pursue with their life. I need you to teach people how to multiply their faith, how to destroy their biggest fears and, and how to go all in, how to burn the boats um, and how to do, literally I'm calling you to the people who will do some of the most audacious and outrageous and unique and peculiar things on the planet that will shift culture, shape humanity, and serve miracles. Like, think about it. Most people are not willing to dive out of an aircraft into a big blue sky um, with a little tiny parachute. Like, I'm calling you to that level of person who I've given an outrageous calling to, and I want you to pour into them and help them on their journey to pursue their purpose and their calling and their destiny. I'm like... Wow. Right, John, for the first time in my life, I'm like, I finally figured it out. I, like, I'm 28 years old at this point. Wow. I finally, I finally figure out what I was born to do after years of hiding behind a prestigious job title, of being a United States Marine, of being a drone instructor, of being 20% fulfilled. Right. Because I'll be honest, I was only really 20% fulfilled. Leadership wow. inspiration. There was a whole lot of my job title as a Marine. That was not really me, right? Sure. And so um, I excelled in what I could excel in, but I knew there was another 
level. Anybody out there listening right now, like, know that there's another level. Maybe you're like the top dog, you're the CEO, you're the founder, you're an executive, or maybe you're the head teacher, or you're just a person on the staff, but you know, hey, this is good, but this is not the pinnacle of what you were born for. That's kind of where I was as a Marine. Um, and I was okay coasting through. But that morning at 2 a.m., when God came to my address and he says, man, I'm ready to show you the next level, the highest level for you uh, in your life, um, it just blew me away. In other words, God was saying, I want you to be a drill instructor for the world mm. to help them achieve the greatest calling of their lives. And man, it blew me away. But here's the, here's the thing, man, and I'm done with this story here. <laughs> um, God says to me, he says, by the way, you have to become a skydiver. And I was like, absolutely not happening. Number one, number one. Um, as a I Marine, you didn't jump out of any planes. Yeah, number one, as a Marine, I didn't dive out of any planes. Right. Number two, I'm terrified of heights, right? Number three, I just so happen to be a black man. We like <laughs> to be safe. We don't, we don't particularly do like extreme action sports where we can lose limbs and body parts. <laughs> like that ain't a part of what we do. Um, and, and, and God says to me, he says, listen, I have too many people teaching, preaching, uh, and talking about analogies that they don't live. You won't be one of them. He says, listen, if you do it my way at 13,000 feet, um, I'll bring the people to you and in turn, you bring the people back to me. But I'm going to establish your voice at 13,000 feet if you do it my way, man. And so long story short, um, I run a great organization called the Dream Diver Company where we get to pour into the greatest people on the planet knowing their hearts that they were born for something greater. We get to teach them how to discover and pursue the greatest calling and the most audacious dreams in their lives, man. And, and I'm uh, going to stop you there because you're going to go further with that one. But I want, right. I want, I want you to, because you just laid out some some great stuff there. And, you know, like you said, you know, you were like, ain't no way I'm jumping out of a plane. That's not me. No all way. that stuff. And I've, I've, I've skydived once and I loved it. I mean, I, I thought, and we were supposed, I was supposed to join you one time and it didn't come together in, in your thing when you were doing it. But you know, uh, I was kind of prepared when I went to skydive. I was looking forward to it. It was the greatest uh, thrill of my life. And I did it to motivate me to break through on all kinds of other things. That was the purpose for me. But, you know, you mentioned, so you, you're like, I ain't doing this. I ain't going. I ain't jump. I'm afraid of heights. And then you did. How did you? How did tell, tell us about that first experience, how you got there, what it felt like. Put us in that, that, that when you got out of that plant, put us there before you, we go in further into the company and the mission you created based on that. Yeah. Um, well, we talk about living courageously, right? Um, and how courage is not equal across the board in all areas of your life. For me, man, um, and my, like many people who may be watching and listening, I got so comfortable with talking about the dream and talking about the future and what, I, what God said to me and what I was about to do that it took me literally almost four years, five years before I even got on the aircraft to actually execute wow. on that wow. part of the vision that he given me, wow. right? And so, you know, let me say this to some people, it's time to get your dream off the paper. It's time to get your dream off the paper and put it into action and put it into execution because the greatest level of what you've been called to is waiting behind the door uh, of your lack of courage. Uh, and here's the deal. I remember I was coaching uh, a client uh, who literally came to me and said, listen, Ira, I'm well off financially. Like I got all the things, I got all the stuff, but I've lost my ability to dream. Mm. Can you help me? Like I heard, I found you on LinkedIn. 
at like 11 o'clock at night. I was watching the clip uh, and something said, turn the volume on. And it just blew me away. And I had to reach out to you. Um, I've lost my ability to dream. Can you help me? And we coach and we coach. And he called me up one day. He said, man, listen, you're teaching this great analogy of called the dream diver process, where you teach us how to uh, dream, prepare, dive and land. And when it comes to our purpose and calling, um, and, and I've heard the story of how God came to you at 2 a.m. in the morning. Hey, man, I want you to meet me at the, the drop zone of your choice next weekend. And you and I are going to go up to 13,000 feet and we're going to get after it. Because I feel like this is a breakthrough moment for you and what you were called to do. So it was, it was actually a client of mine that I was teaching this analogy to who said, no, it's time to get from behind the analogy and get into the fullness of what you were called to. And so he paid for it. We met up um, and we went on this first epic tandem skydive, man. And I'm going to tell you, John Duffy, you couldn't pay me enough to dive off of my kitchen table <laughs> on, on, onto, the, onto the floor, let alone out of an airplane. <laughs> but, but when I got to the drop zone that morning and when I got to 13,000 feet, um, there was absolutely no fear. Right on. There was no fear. And I was, and it freaked me out because I know I'm terrified of heights. And I'm like, I'm sitting on that plane as we are going to altitude. And I'm like, why am I not, why am I not peeing on myself right now? But here's what, here's what happened. As I had lived this moment in my dreams so many times, I had already done it so many times in my dreams that literally I was just going through the motions of it, um, of actually fulfilling what I had already seen and done millions of times in my head, in my heart, and in my spirit, man. And so it was the most liberating thing of my life. My family was there. My extended family was there. Um, it was it was just, it was incredible, man. Uh, my business, my partners were there. Like, it was, it was the most beautiful experience um, getting to share that with my family, my kids, my boys, my in-laws, et cetera, man. So it, it was phenomenal. And it was the, it was like um, the checkered flag um, at, at NASCAR, man. It was, it was, it was the gold flag. It was the green flag. Like, okay, from this point on, now it's game on, right? And so it was like drawing a line in the sand, man, for my calling, for my purpose. Uh, so, so yeah, that was the first one. You know, I, I truly believe what you said, and it had to be the most amazing experience for you. Kind of takes me back. Um, I wasn't afraid of heights. I was That wasn't my fear in life. Other fears, yes, other things that I wasn't courageous on, but not heights. And I remember years ago, many, many, many decades ago, I went to a seminar with Tony Robbins. And part of one of the things we did be, besides walking on hot coals was we had to climb this uh, telephone pole, stand on the top and then dive for a trapeze. And, you know, we kind of had a, a bungee cord on and all that good stuff. So I coached other people to go up. I wasn't afraid. I, I was like, this ain't, you know, this ain't no big deal, right? I see other people doing it. I'm not afraid. Yeah. So I climbed to the top. I stand there and I say, okay, count of three, jump. One, two, three, nothing. My body shuts down. It's like, I, I ain't jumping full, right? So I'm like, oh man. And everybody's watching me. I'm like, I got to jump. So do it again. Count one, two, three, jump. Nothing. My body won't move. Totally frozen in fear. And I was like, I didn't think I was afraid. So sometimes you don't even know uh, what those moments is. So the third time, of course, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to stay up here all night or I'm going to jump. Well, I jumped, right? So I got, and I got, and it was a great experience because I overcame the fear that I didn't even know I had. And sometimes hmm. that's what it is that, you know, you, you know, you mentioned it, it, you know, you mentioned it earlier. If somebody has something they're doing, it's time to get out in front and do it. And that's what 
your partner did when the, your client when he brought you out there he took you to that and then you did it um and that's different than talking it's different than being a it now you're about it you're not talking about it you are about it um so keep going yeah. man. That, that, and then we're going to take you into the, you know your company uh, that you built dream diver company and the seminars that you do and how you transform people's lives i want you to take us through all of that as well because you know you are definitely an amazing human being on a mission um and god's given you your dream and you're you're, you're serving people and i see it every time i jump on your thing in the morning uh, miracle mondays at 6 30 a.m damn um yeah very early time so you're doing it so keep going man take us a little further yeah so so that was the first one that was the first one and you know, from that point, man, I had committed. I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and get my solo license so I can dive alone. Um, went at that, um, got about, uh, about seven uh, dives in, and I, you know, everything around here at the Dream Diver Company is a dive. There's no jump. There's no leaps. Right? Those words are no nos around here uh, because we believe that where your head goes, your your mind, body, heart, soul will follow. Your life will follow. It's intentionality, uh, and so. I got about seven dives in, man. Had a horrible uh, landing on my seventh solo skydive. Uh, ended up breaking my ankle, dislocating it, um, which was right before our very first live event in 2021. Correct. I was supposed to. I was supposed to go to that, and then I saw online when you had that horrible experience there, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, it was. It was. It was incredibly um, eye-opening and surreal. To have to have the accident that I had, um, but man, I remember walking in. This was six days before the event, and wow. nobody nobody knew that I had a bad landing. That I was on crutches. That I needed surgery. Nobody knew, and so people from all over the world flew in at the end of what was supposed what was supposed to be the end of a pandemic, right? Supposed to be, right, right. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I came in the room after my intro, uh, and there was not a dry eye in the room. Uh -huh. um, we showed the video of uh, of me on the ground uh, getting in the ambulance and uh, came in the room and some of the people didn't even think the video was real. You know, they thought it was just made up as an intro and came in the room, man, not a dry eye in the room. And the first thing out of my mouth was a message that I spoke about for the, the first 30 minutes of the entire event. Uh, it was called No Risk, No Reward. Uh, no Risk, No Reward. And literally what I said was like, listen, it's, it's cute to have all of these awesome dreams and awesome goals and knowing that you're called to something greater. But here's the truth. Uh, God is not going to call you to anywhere outrageous, audacious uh, and extreme without you having to go through something. Mm. Um, there's going to be some bumps and some bruises along the journey um, that may take some chinks out of the armor of your courage, out of your faith. Uh, but it should not destroy you. You 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 have to have something in you that is relentless, is unshakable. Uh, that is un unbreakable um, because when you know you're called to something, um, you got to know how to be able to keep moving even when you've broken something, even when you're bleeding, even when you're busted, even when you fail, even when it hurts. Why? Because when you are given a mission from God to do something for someone else, for humanity that will change their lives, there should be nothing on this planet that should be able to keep you from serving those people. I don't care what it is. The only thing that could stop you is death, right? And so, man, I just walked in the room, man, and I just said, listen, you want what you've been called to? You gotta be willing to lay it all on the line. And the only reason why I dive out of planes, uh, even though I'm terrified, even though I hate heights, is because it is an example 
of extreme faith in what it looks like to do the impossible in impossible places for people that you've been called to. And so don't cry for me. The truth is, is I'm crying for some of you because you, you, you have not put yourself in a place where you have to live courageously to do what you were called to do and you're living miserably instead of courageously. So I'd rather have broken bones than to be miserable still not knowing what I was called to do and not dedicating my life to it. And so that, that's kind of how, where we are today, man. Well, just to, you know, that, that little, what you just shared there, man, is so powerful. And I just hope people listen to it and listen to it again and listen to it again, because what you're just sharing is that, you know, to, to live courageously, to put yourself in that place, to take that risk, to do all that so that you're able to get where you really are, especially if you're in service of others, not just yourself which is obviously, that's what you're committed to. That's what I'm committed to. You know, when you're in service to yourself, well, that's a whole different game. But when you're in service to a bigger cause and you're in service to others, then you, you're willing to pay the price. You're willing to do whatever it takes. And I, the way you summed that up, uh, Ira, was just, um, I think, so powerful and people just need to hear it. I'm so glad you, you know, all this stuff, man. And like you said, you know, out of a situation like that, out of a negative, out of you, you know, breaking your ankle comes a positive because you get a lesson for yourself, but you get a lesson to share with others about what they need to do so that they can, you know, and you have words on your, your thing where you talk about dare to dream bigger and have God-sized dreams. And, you know, I think those are the kind of things that the message that you share that is so powerful for people to hear because too long, you know, when people do dream, sometimes they dream small or they dream tiny and then they don't do nothing with it even. But, you know, you're talking about have those God-sized dreams, those audacious dreams, you know, and then, you know, take the risk to do it. So keep going, man. I just, I just wanted to echo some all the great things that you're putting out there in the in the world. Yeah, man. So, so, so that's that's a little bit it about the the, the journey. Um, you know, you know, if you want me to talk about kind of what we do now, what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, take us yeah. take. So you went through it. Now you created a company, Dream Diver. You have uh, events. You obviously uh, take people through a whole process, and then the culmination is skydiving. But it's all part of. So you take it and share what you're about, yeah. what you're doing, and what you created. Yeah, I love it, man. So at about 2018, we created the Dream Diver Company. Um, and it's this faith-based transformational nonprofit organization now. And what we literally get to do is we get to work with some of the greatest people on the planet and, and organizations who say, hey, listen, man, there is another level in me. Like, I know I was born for something greater. I know, I know it. I may not be able to explain it. I may not be able to articulate it, but it's in there. And I need somebody to help me unlock it. I need somebody to help me walk into it, step into it, because my life depends on it. My future depends on it. My destiny depends on it. And the people that I've been called to serve depend on it. And typically, John, these people are at all spectrums, at all walks of life. We're talking entrepreneurs. We're talking executives. We're talking pastors. We're talking leaders. We're talking businessmen and women. We're talking about husbands, fathers, mothers, wives, students, like in all spectrums, people come to us and say, hey, listen, there's another level in me. I feel like I'm being called to something greater. Can you help me unlock it and step into it? And that's literally what we get to do. And so uh, we do some amazing live events and experiences every year. To this date, we've, we've, uh, we do an annual event called Dare to Dream Bigger, uh, where people fly in to the drop zone here in Lake Elsinore, California. Uh, and we host our event right there on the drop zone. So you walk onto the property, man, and there's skydivers in the air and there's planes and there's propellers and the energy is there. You, you walk into the philosophy of, of what a dream diver is. 
and and we pour into you all morning. Um, the last one we did, we had two incredible speakers uh, come in, two world class athletes who've been through some amazing things and who had to live courageously. And they spoke, and then I spoke after them. And then in the afternoon, we took every everybody who purchased an all access ticket uh, up to thirteen thousand feet on a plane, and they dive they 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 took that dive out of the plane with me. Uh, and we call it like a baptism, a rite of passage uh, into doing the impossible, into saying, yes, God, I know what I was called to do, and now I'm ready to go all in. Whether I'm an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, what, what, whatever that is, uh, whether it's ministry, like whatever, I'm ready to go all in. And so, man, and, and we get to see people come back down to the ground as like different people. Like they're like different people. And here's the, here's the awesome thing. We've, we've even seen people who's like, hey, I skydived years ago, whatever. It was great, um, but when I did it with the Dream Diver Company, when I did it not for a thrill ride, when I did it as an exercise of my faith and my courage and my yes and my commitment to the crusade for my life and what I was called to, it was a completely different experience. It had nothing to do with skydiving. It had everything to do with me stepping into the greatest calling of my life. And so that's a little bit about our events, man, working on some content, some cinematic content, um, working on uh, our first book uh, as well to kind of teach how to discover your purpose, unlock your dream, how to step into it. Uh, and that's what we are right now, man. Um, that's what we do. And, and so we, we, we do a little bit of one-on-one coaching as well for people who are like, hey, Ira, I love the group stuff, but um, listen, I need, I need some TLC. I need some surgery. Uh, can you help me in, in where I'm going and what I'm doing? Personally, we do we do that as well. So, and just to, to um, uh, take that, you have your content. Anybody wants to watch your content, you have it on YouTube. You have a YouTube channel. People can watch a lot of the interviews you've done already with other people. Some really powerful content. I've watched some of it. Uh, some great stuff. So people can definitely go there and check some of it out on YouTube. Connect with you. Connect with your company, Dream Divers. When you have an event, attend, participate. And you're so right. I mean. You know, skydiving or any any kind of event like that is it can be just an experience or just, you know, a thrill. But when you do it for a purpose, when you do it for connecting it to your purpose and overcoming, you know, what you're going to go into the next thing, then it has a it becomes a metaphor and it becomes a physical thing that takes you to a different level. It's not just an experience. It's more than that. It becomes something that serves you and, and serves you going for your dreams, like you said. So I recommend anybody who can. uh connect with um, Dream Diver and participate in it, your life will never be the same. I, I believe that, man. I know if you go on that journey with Ira, it, your life ain't going to be the same. There, there's no doubt about it. So um, just a little bit more on some others. i just shift you a little bit, and then we'll kind of come close to wrapping up. The other big part of who you are, and I mentioned that in, in your introduction, it, is the whole um, your faith. And your faith throughout your life has been a big part of who you are, what makes you unique, makes you special. Um, and that's a big part of, of, of uh, Ira Davis. So tell us a little bit about that as to, you know, your, your, your uh, ministry and the stuff you do on, on the faith level besides the business and the transformational level. Yeah, I love it. Well, first of all, you know, Jesus is my X factor, right? And I, I want to be clear about that. Um, make no mistake that it's because of him uh, that I exist and that I get, I get the opportunity to partner with him to be a world changer. Um, and, and, and that's my goal. That's my heart. That who is, that is who has commissioned me, um, to be the man that I am today. Uh, and so for me, 
Um, you know, I'm 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 not in business. Uh, I'm in ministry, and it shows up in different forms. Uh, and and everything that I do is it starts from that place of faith, from from my salvation. You know, and, and really, man, um, the truth is, is I see so many people um, who who are living and dying every day. Um, number one, who who have never uh, met their savior. Number two, they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing on this earth, even if they do know where they're going after they die, right? And so this is not something that's just, you know, um, for people who don't believe what I believe. This is for all, like. I see this everywhere I go. And, and literally, a beautiful thing I love about my calling is, is that I'm called to all people, churched, unchurched, de-churched. Like, I, it doesn't matter what you believe in. Um, we all have this thing on the inside of us where we ask ourselves the question, what was I created for? What was I created to do? I feel like I was born to contribute something to the world that is special. I don't care what you believe. We all come to those moments where we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, who is John Duffy? Who is Ira Davis? And why and why do I exist? And what am I supposed to do to contribute to the world? And ultimately, uh, once you figure out what that is, you don't always have to trace that back to who put you here in the first place. And and so for me, that's where everything begins and ends. Um, you know, my life scripture is Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. That says, live a life worthy of the calling for which you have been called. And so back back when I was making documentary films, I had a company called 412 Studios. Mm. Uh, and, it, and it came from Ephesians 4, 1 and 2. And, and, and so, you know, for me, that's where it starts. That's where it ends. Um, it's really seeing people step into the fullness of what they were created for. And, and um, so on, on the ministries side, which is all of it, um, is, is I bring my faith with me everywhere I go. Like in spaces and places that, most people don't get to, you know, be real. I get to be real and transparent, right? We speak of businesses, heist, like, and I just get to be real because this is my story, right? And, and you know, I, I try not to preach it to people. I, I try to just share what happened in my life um, and let let God do the rest um, if the timing is right, man. And so we've just seen some amazing things happen as a result of just being authentic. And it took courage, John. It took courage for me to say, you know what? I'm going to show up in the world as Ira Davis, the chief dream diver, as a as the founder of this organization, uh, as the pastor of this organization, as a coach and mentor in this organization, and really give the world all of me without leaving my faith on the shelf, which is what most people have done in the business world, in the marketplace, and in some other secular places. And I just choose, like, if you want what you hear from me on a podcast a YouTube video in a live setting, I have to bring my faith with me or I'm robbing you of the true essence of what you fell in love with in the first place when you heard me. Uh, and so for me, at the beginning of my journey of speaking and teaching, it took a lot of courage to, to really just let my faith be on display, man. But it's been a game changer. And so I just encourage anybody else out there, like um, bringing all of you to all of what you do is the game changer it is the expected right so and and you know now i mean one one of the reasons i could think i connected so hard to you was you're because you were for real man you're authentic you're for real you know there's a lot of people who talk but but are not real and you know that and that's unfortunate but it, it, it's when you're real you you have a chance to influence people 
because people don't just hear words, but they see uh, how you show up in the world, what you mm -hmm. do. Because, you know, there's a lot of good talkers out there and there's great talkers out there. But, you know, great talkers are great talkers. But when you show up in the world and you do things and you're for real, it influences and affects people. And that's why, you know, I find, you know, you're somebody who uh, who brings that to people. And, and that message is a message that people need to hear. And part of why I did this live courageously thing was I was up in Canada doing a movie. And I just felt that I knew so many amazing people like you who in a time during the pandemic, all these people went into fear and went into panic and went into like retreat instead of finding uh, courage and going forward and finding a way to continue to live in the world. I just felt that I needed to bring the people I knew to come speak their words, speak their messages, speak their lives so that they could tell people, come on, man, live courageously. Let's go. You know, no matter what the world throws at you, no matter how bad it gets, you got a choice and your choice is you can always live courageously no matter what is thrown at you. So wow. you're a person who's done that. And that's why I wanted to have you on um, and been wanting to have you on for a while. And even more importantly, I, I'm really looking forward to getting the chance to like meet up with you in person, you know, so we can make that personal connect. But um, what what message do you have as we wrap this kind of get close to wrapping it up? What message do you have to people? Obviously, given this time when everybody is kind of acting a little bit uh, crazy and uh, responding in in ways that are ne not helpful to themselves, their families, their communities, their lives. They're letting the negative take over instead of the positive. Um, what what kind of, you know, sum up, and you've summed up so much, but what else would you throw at people, you know, as you wrap this up a little bit? Yeah, I love it, John. This has been so great for me, man. Um, I'll tell you this, um, if we haven't learned anything, in the last three years, we learned this, that life is short. Life is short. Um, and you only get one shot. You only get one shot to be and to do what you, what you were created and called to do. Um, you have a choice to make. You can, you can live a life or you can live a life. And, and for so, so many years, myself included, I just lived. I didn't live. Mm. And, and now and now I get to live because I, I am on mission. Um, when your life just becomes about um, sustainability and survivability, um, um, and not because that's all you, um, because you know you live in a third world country or something and, and that's like what, what it is, but because that's all you've known, like you don't, you're not hungry for anything more. You're not desperate. Um, to live a life that has meaning. You're not inspired to live courageously. Um, man, you you literally uh, have died a thousand deaths. Like every time you open your eyes in the morning, you literally are waking up dead again, mm. right? And I want you to think about that. How many of us are waking up dead every day um, and living dead? As so I'll leave you with this, man, it's something I call the anatomy of a dream. And so if you're listening, you're watching, um, go back and re-listen to this piece because I believe it's going to add some value to your life, man, that will help you get to a new place. Um, it's the acronym DREAM, D-R-E-A-M, D. Number one, man, I need you to destroy your biggest fears. It's your fears that are going to lock you out of some of the greatest levels of your life that you have not even been exposed to yet. Anything great that's supposed to come out of you and into the world is locked up behind what seems to be the greatest, most insurmountable obstacles in your life. But if you can get past those fears, 
your greatest days, your destiny is on the other side of those. Number two, the R. I want you to, as you begin to really uh, pursue and, and live out and seek this dream that God has for you, is the only way it's going to happen is if you rely on God while also having a results-oriented strategy. Like it, it, it takes both. You have to be able to rely on your faith in God and a results-oriented strategy together uh, so that you can accomplish what you know the mission is on your heart. Number two, number three, excuse me, is E. If you're going to really birth a dream that's on the inside of you, a calling, a crusade, you got to learn how to endure the process. John, you know what I'm talking about. You have to endure the process. It's going to take some time, number one, for you to figure out what it is, what you've been called to. Number two, to figure out where to put your first step. And number three, it's a journey. It's a journey, right? I didn't just get this epiphany of the Dream Diver Company and then the next day just ran out and did it. Like, we've been on this journey of process of becoming, right? And last but not least, uh, uh, excuse me, the next one is, is A, uh, take massive action. Like, nothing happens. Talk about courage. Nothing happens. Until you decide to act, right? It, my dreams were nice and good in a handy dandy notebook or in my iPhone. Uh, but if I didn't get out there and build it, if I didn't recruit a team, if, if we didn't sign some contracts for some venues, if we didn't show up on, on social media, nothing would have ever happened. So a dream without action is literally nothing, right? And the last but not least, an M. Uh, I want you to move forward in extreme faith. Like, and this dream and this thing that you feel like you're called to, whether it's business, ministry, nonprofit, film, politics, television, whatever that looks like for you, being an author, speaker, uh, you have to move forward in extreme faith because um, everything that you need to get to the next level is not going to be plain and evident and in front of you. The next step is not going to always be there. And so you have to trust that when you take the next step, when you go to 13,000 feet and dive headfirst into what seems like it's impossible, that God is going to catch you, uh, that God is going to hold you up, and that God is going to land you right where he showed you, man. So D-R-E-A-M, uh, the anatomy of a dream. And I pray, man, that this will uh, add some value to your life as you move forward and what you know you were called to do and living courageously. Well, thank you, brother, for summing, uh, summing up all that from your experience and your life, man. It's been an honor and a blessing to have connected and met you, man, you know, on social media and make the connection. And, you know, and you, as you believe and you've preached and I always say God has had a bigger plan for my life than I had. That's for sure. Because um, when I started out in the Bronx, this was not my dream. I didn't have these big plans, man. My plan was survival. You know, if I survived, life was good. But uh, I, obviously there was a lot bigger plans there and God's plans were bigger. And um, I think that's the whole thing. Your message sums it up. Your life sums it up, uh, Ira. And I think people should, you know, I, I highly recommend people check out Dream Diver Company. Uh, check out, you know, yourself. Check out what you're doing and uh, take that message. Not just learn from the message, what you just summed up, but put it in action. Like you said, the A in that whole thing. Take all that and then put it in action because uh, that's what your purpose is in life. And, um, you know, we have uh, bigger plans. God's plans are bigger than ours, and, and we need to step up to them and step into them. So um, I appreciate everything you've been doing out there in the world, man. And just even that we connected on Clubhouse of all places. You know, I was like, how did that happen? I don't know. You know, it wasn't like I was looking out to go meet you or you were looking out to meet me. But um, somehow it connects and the right connections get made and all of a sudden something else comes out of it that's much bigger and better. So I'm honored and blessed to have met, you know, you on social media and made the connection, man. And I'm honored and blessed to have you on my program. 
and sharing your powerful message and your powerful life with people. I think people can learn a lot. Uh, so I look forward to, you know, to uh, seeing you in real life, brother. And uh, once again, thank you, man. God bless you. Uh, and, uh, you know, feel free to uh, sum up anything you want to say at the end. And uh, uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, listen, John, thank you so much, man, for for living courageously. Um, for those of you who are like, man, who is John Duffy? I just got here. Like, you need to do your homework. You need to do your homework. Um, a man like this does not show up here by accident. Um, he has crawled through the mud, through the barbed wire to be the man he is today. And so, man, listen, if you are here today watching or listening and you're like, hey, John Duffy is the guy I'm supposed to be learning from, I want to encourage you to find him on all platforms. Follow everything that comes out of this man's mouth as it pertains to living courageously, man, and 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 really just support him as he begins to build out something bigger that he probably didn't even see for his own self. And so, John, I just want to thank you, man. I want to encourage you. Uh, I, I salute you uh, for your yes, for your obedience and commitment to this podcast and sharing great stories. Um, and, man, I want to encourage you to share your story at, it, at an even greater level because there's some things in there, man, that, that are going to really help people in this, some impossible places do some impossible things, man. So congratulations, man, on such an awesome show. And thanks for allowing me to be a part of it. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just one little more because you know I know we've done zooms together and, and you always pray and I I think the best way to take us out of this is pray for the audience out there and and so that they achieve their dreams. So if you could take that and, and and do that, you know, pray for the audience. I think that would be a good way to wrap this up, brother. That'd be I'll be I'll be I'll be honored, man. Let's pray, Lord. We thank you for this awesome time, for this awesome podcast host, John Duffy. Um, you got so much more in store for him and, and so for the listening audience as well. I pray over every single dream, every single purpose, every single calling, every single destiny uh, that is connected to this podcast, to this live stream right now. God, that you would explode uh, their their minds and uh, allow them to take the limits and the boundaries off of, of what you have called and created them to do. That from this day forward, that they would begin to live courageously. They would live authentically. Uh, God, that they would step into the greatest... Uh, levels of their life and their assignment. Uh, I pray that miracles will find them right where they are to help them take the first step, the next step, the best step. And God, I thank you for giving them unreasonable faith, extreme courage, God, to do things that most people would never do. Peter walked on water. I wonder how many people here have a once-in-a-lifetime anointing and faith to do the impossible. I, I believe it's every single person that is connected. And so, God, we just thank you that we get to live and be a part of this world to do something special that will serve other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Uh, it was a blessing, man. God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you in, in, in real life in the world, brother. All the best with everything yeah. you're doing. Anything I can do to help and support you, please let me know. Take care. Always. Thanks, John.